the Paul Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. Thank you for tuning in to the Paul Leslie Hour. I'm honored that you're here. This is the home to interviews with some of the most iconic and interesting people around on the topics of arts, entertainment, and culture. With hundreds of interviews in the catalog, the best is yet to come. Help me in my mission. Go to www.thepaulleslie.com and click support the show. Any amount is appreciated. Now, let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, it is our pleasure to welcome Wendy Kurtzman. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. So, who is Wendy Kurtzman? (laughs) I think she's a a woman who's evolving into another phase of life. I've had, this will be another career in a few that I've had. My main career having been in casting for the last 25, 26 years, casting for film and television in the entertainment business in Los Angeles under my own shingle. And then leaving that profession about four years ago and starting back to what I did before I started casting, which was singing. And that has turned into a whole other journey with now three one-woman shows underneath my belt and a CD and hopefully more to come. What was life like growing up? Well, it's so funny. You should ask that. I, part of the shows, and I think we, we joke about this in the world of, especially for lack of a better word, in the, in the world of cabaret or, or this kind of singing. You know, we talk a lot about in the beginning, actors normally, you know, or singers normally do their first couple shows in an autobiographical sense. And so I, you know, revealed in the last few shows up until this one a lot about my childhood growing up. But, you know, my childhood was kind of antithetical to who I am as a person at my core. I grew up down in uh, La Jolla, California, and I've always been asked if I'm from the East Coast. So right there, you can kind of surmise that (laughs) I was not exactly the prototype for that place and time. I grew up, I have one sister, I had two parents, both of them were only children. I had no aunts and uncles or cousins growing up and came with big ideas that I was going to move to New York and uh, pursue a musical theater profession only to find out that my parents had no intention of paying for college for me to go to New York. They wanted me to stay somewhere in California, and the rest of my life was shaped having made that choice. So I think I'm a person who's always tried really hard to leave where I was from and go somewhere else, and I'm, I'm, I'm slowly migrating there. It's taking me longer than most. Can you remember the first album you bought with your own money? Oh, golly. I want to say something like one of the early Beatle albums, like Abbey Road, or I want to say something like uh, a Joni Mitchell album. I know Joni Mitchell was a huge influence on me as a kid. I want to say, I mean, I remember, funny enough, I remember buying 45s more than I remember buying the long-playing LP33s. I don't know if anybody even listening to this program will know what a 45 is. I would bet some. Oh, yeah? Well, that's good to know. I remember much more wanting to buy the single hits and going out and buying 45s and sometimes the the 78s. I don't remember buying a whole lot of albums, but I do know my taste back then was more into the folk folk vernacular. So I did a lot of Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and and uh, Johnny Mitchell, and those those kind of artists. Tell us about when you started to sing yourself. I think that uh, I always sang, I, and I and I always loved singing. I, I actually, my grandfather owned a long term hotel down in uh, San Diego, and he had a, a tenant that couldn't pay their rent. 
And so in lieu of rent, he gave my grandfather a record collection. And it had all the greats, Nat King Cole, Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, Andy Williams, Don Ho. I mean, it was just an unbelievable record collection. And I must have been about, I don't know, seven or eight. And I remember taking the record collection and putting on these records on a hi-fi. Again, a reference, I'm sure some of the listeners may have no idea what that is. But it was this big contraption, and it was in their living room, and I would put all these records on the hi-fi and put my ear to them. And I listened nonstop to all these great singers. So I, I, my musical taste and my reference started way back then when I was just a kid from this record collection. And then uh, I, I wanted to play a piano, but my parents said it wasn't portable, so they threw a guitar into my hand. And that set me off on a journey singing with guitar for a long while. And then I followed my musical journey through college, and I performed out of college in theater. And then when I became a casting director, I pretty much just put that singing career on hold and just stopped, stopped singing altogether. And then about four years ago, when I decided to really dive back into the world of singing and leave the casting world, I started working on that, and it's evolved into what it is now. Our special guest is Wendy Kurtzman. Could you pick a vocalist who has influenced you the most? Joni Mitchell was a huge influence on me, and she continues to be. I think it's the combination between the poetry of her lyrics and the soulfulness of her voice and her music that connect with me in a very deep way. On the CD, I do do an arrangement of both sides now, which is probably, for me, my favorite, one of my favorite pieces on the CD, and certainly one of my favorite pieces to perform. I connect with the lyrics very deeply, and I still to this day find her probably, probably is she is my biggest inspiration. What do you think about this new album of yours? Well, I think it's great. <laughs> and I'm hoping others will too. It started out, the journey to, to doing this started out in one direction, and, and as, as usually what happens in life, it, it went off in a whole different direction. I started this as a Cy Coleman review. It was going to be a one-woman show. It was going to be featuring and focusing mostly on the music of Cy Coleman and the two female lyricists that he collaborated with. And then right in the middle of kind of working on this show and doing what I do, my personal life took a huge left turn, and I found myself getting a divorce from my husband of almost 30 years. So the album changed, the CD changed into a whole different kind of project, and it became a project that kind of saw me through a very tough time, had dealt with loss, dealt with love, dealt with questions in life. And interestingly enough, a lot of the Cy Coleman music really spoke to those moments and to those things in my life. So it was a uh, it was a project that was healing and revealing and had a lot of had a lot of meaning for me. Was it exciting to record these songs? What were you feeling? Well, that's a fantastic question because what I have found to be probably the most exciting part of this is the process of making the music and being around others who are equally passionate about what they do and do it because they love it and because it's what they have in their lives. I heard an interview a while back with a singer who was saying that once you have music, it's yours and nobody can take it from you. And the process of going through that and working on that music and collaborating and arranging, having that experience is something that I can tell you it surpasses any of the performing or any of the other facets of the of being in the music for me. It is really about the process, and that has been the single most wonderful experience of putting this together. 
the collaboration and the working with people who are so incredibly talented musicians. The guy who who does the horn on my on my CD and and just just people that have just been in this business for so long and love what they do and are so good at it. And I was so blessed to be able to have an experience to work with them. Why did you decide to call the album Just for a Thrill? I think that's a really good question. I originally was going to call the CD So It Goes, which is a Billy Joel song, which is actually on the CD. It seemed like that wasn't, it wasn't really, I think the message for me changed over a period of time. When I started it, I think when I started recording CD, I was in a much much sadder place than I was when I finished it. And so it didn't seem proper at the end there. And I'm, proper is probably not the right word, but it didn't seem like the right title anymore after I finished going through the process. And so what I found the process to be it was just incredibly exhilarating, thrilling. And it just informed, it just seemed to inform the title. I absolutely love that song. And it it just seemed to speak to a lot of facets of what had gone on in, the, in making this. What do you want the listener to get out of the experience of listening to the album? I think what I'm hoping for and what I've been hearing from those who have listened to it is that they felt very personally connected to it. I actually had a woman call me after she listened to it, and she said she was driving home in the Los Angeles traffic on the freeway, and she had to pull over because she found that there were tears streaming down her face. That means I did something right, and that's what I'm hoping. I hope that people will hear the lyrics of certain songs that they think they know and hear those lyrics differently for the first time and experience these songs in a deeper way than just the popular version that they may have heard or associate with. I think that's what comes across in the CD. It's a very intimate journey. It's not that you can't put it on and have a glass of wine and entertain your friends. You could do that with it in the background just fine. But you can also really listen to it and I think connect to it in a lot of places. What is the best thing about being Wendy Kurtzman? I think the best thing about being me at this point is that I have all the exuberance and energy and all the wisdom and (laughs) education from life of somebody who's not young anymore. The perfect balance. My last question for our special guest, Wendy Kurtzman, very open-ended. What would you say to anyone listening? There are more cliche sayings and more, more phrases that people adapt in life as they go through, as they go through different situations. There's a phrase, there's a, there's a pat line for almost everything you can apply to any situation. If I could say one thing, it would be to live the moments that you're living them. Let the hurt come through, let, let all the things, all the, all the good things, the bad things come through you. And don't, don't run. Don't run away. Sit with it, feel it to express it and know that rich in the road ahead. That's been my life lesson. That's what I would say I might take away from this whole part of life has taken me. So I don't know if that answered your question perfectly or not, but it but that that's my takeaway from this. There isn't one pat phrase. It's not like, you know, life makes you stronger or life gets interesting when uh, you stop making or whatever. Life happens when you're not making plans or any of that kind of stuff. I, 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 all those phrases knit into the same thing, which is basically stay present. Enjoy the fact that you've been given something, a gift, and, and, and use it. Don't waste it. Our special guest has been Wendy Kurtzman. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Bum-a-ba-da-beep-a-boop-da-boop-da-beep-a-da-leep.
Goodbye.